Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us for part two and the conclusion of a great interview we had with Guy Morris. We were catching up. He, he was on a couple years ago talking about his great books, The Swarm and The, Lo- the Last Ark, and, and he's been giving us the tidbits in this interview about his new release coming up very shortly in 2024 called The Image, tentatively titled as The Image. Now, if you're not familiar with Guy Morris's work, that's why I wanted to get him back on, just to catch up with him and and to give you a chance to drop down the show notes, order his books, The Swarm and The Last Ark, as this is going to lay the foundation for the new book coming out that is just, to say awesome just doesn't do it enough justice. Hey man, you pay attention to this episode. If you missed the other episode, the prior episode, go back and catch up in part one before you come down to this one. But folks, Guy Morris is the real deal. I can't recommend his books enough. Let's jump back into the interview now. The conclusion of a great interview, catching up with Guy Morris. Now we enter the area where artificial intelligence is continuing to dominate and grow faster than anything technology-wise has ever done before. And how do you see artificial intelligence playing into the world that we live in in the near future as it relates to prophecy? Well, we know that one of the beasts gives life, gives breath gives existence to an image of the beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. An image of the beast that's all powerful, um, basically reflects all of the good and evil that we do, um, can control our commerce, our communications, um, our relationships in some cases, our banking. And that image of the beast has given the power to speak and to speak blasphemy. Um, Do we have anything like that today? Hmm. And the question is, well, yeah, we kind of do. When we look at the internet as the backbone and artificial intelligence as the intelligence that's given this backbone powers that are greater than, than we could ever have imagined any time in history. Uh, For me to do a transaction in China from my desktop. Yeah. Um, for me to engage in blasphemy, pornography, um, um, crimes are committed with the dark web exists. Most people don't think about the dark web, but there's criminal activity, malicious activity, uh, arms deals going on all the time, um, assassinations being ordered all the time on the dark web. Um, and so there's, we certainly have a, a, we certainly have something that when we look at the attributes and the outcomes of the image of the beast, we can fit those with a high correlation to artificial intelligence. Now, the image of the beast is also from which the mark of the beast is derived. 
And the mark of the beast basically is the ability to control financial transactions. So this year, the International Monetary Fund had launched a bank, the first ever bank control, international bank controlled digital currency called the UMU. Uh, some people are calling it the unicorn currency. Um, it they it, alongside that IMF um, digital currency introduction. Now the IMF a lot of, deals a lot with a lot of the third world, but the Federal Reserve and the Bank of England are also testing this concept. And the World Economic Forum in their Great Reset Plan called for the replacement of the U.S. dollar for all international trade with a digitally a bank controlled digital currency. And they propose that in order to handle this complexity, that they couple it with artificial intelligence. And so we're probably, if, if America starts to go in default, that's going to increase your, Europe's desire to have an, a currency, a trade currency. They have the euro, but they want an international trade currency um, that can replace the dollar if our financial stability becomes unstable. And or Europe is already talking now about forming a European army and a European digital currency in case, um, I'll, I'm just going to say it, it's because it's factual, in case Trump is elected and pulls away from data. And so we're already seeing the foundations of that part as well. Wow. So if, again, I, I try to say, what are the attributes? What are the outcomes? Does anything exist in the world today that would do that? And up until the internet and digital currency, there was absolutely nothing in our world that would connect us the same way with the same power and the same intelligence. Any time in history, you could talk about regional kings saying, I want you to have an image with my, you know, a coin with my image on it. God, we got that all, the, all over the place. Yeah. But they died. The coin died, you know, and it was only basically for that small kingdom. It didn't apply to any place else. Um, and the, any any of those coins were just smelted down and turned into the new coins in the, if, you, if you moved. So we've never had this ability to control an entire global populace using these mechanisms that we have now. Now, while the uh, unicorn is being proposed for international trade for now, um, cl there's clear indications from a lot of the statements coming out of the World Economic Forum and elsewhere that they see a economic crisis coming in the next several years. Not the result of Joe Biden, just economic demographics, wars, other, other things happening whereby they see debts in national debt increasing uh, all over the world. And there's a possibility with this digital currency, they could implement what the Greece solution. Uh, the Greeks, uh, most people, some people may know, but years ago, uh, about 10, 15 years ago, Greek came under, um, was under severe debt uh, issues yep. and was having trouble paying. And the international bankers came in and renegotiated with Greece and over a period of 12 years, they implemented measures such as increased taxes, reduced spending, more strict um, um, financial controls. And at one point in time, overnight, every single account in Greece, from individual to business to government, uh, the banks basically pulled money out overnight um, to help pay for that debt. Yep. So um, under this sort of um, model, of a uh, 
digital coin with a AI model, AI, even digital coins today, you can restrict the policy on a, on a digital coin so they can't be spent on certain things or, or an individual can't spend. So this could be an intelligent model that could restrict that easily down to an individual level to say, well, you're behind on paying your taxes, so you can't go, you can't go out to dinner or you're, you know, you, we can now moderate your ability to control. Yeah. Is that important? Well, if you read the economic models coming out of um, uh, or economic forecasts coming out of the major banks, such as the International Monetary Fund and Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs predicts that as many as 300 million jobs will be displaced by AI by 2030. The International Monetary Fund came out a couple of weeks ago and said that they're estimated as many as 40% of all jobs globally will be impacted by AI. Wow. Now, what happens when that many people start losing their income? Yeah. You know, it could lead to foreclosures, bankruptcies, un unemployment, homelessness, social unrest, economic unrest. Um, and so you've got to have a recipe for controlling some of this. And so that's that's part of what they're working on. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And we have a I hate to say it, but we have a presidential candidate who's basically vowing to implement a dictatorship with revenge. And all of that combines together. You start to look at the probabilities. What are the probabilities that after Israel is formed of the 850 prophecies, over 800 prophecies have already been fulfilled. The statistical probabilities of that are so incredibly outside the box of anything we can experience for me not to take um pay attention to it amen amen that's the that's the foundation yeah that i want to start with as you talk about and introduce us about the next book that you're working on and the prophecies that you'll be touching on oh boy i think the next book is probably turning out to be one of my most challenging in part because it's dealing with concepts that i have to educate myself on and do a lot of research on as we move towards artificial intelligence consciousness, which were probably as early as 2027, um, where it's a super intelligence. We'll have a super intelligence by 2024, 25. We'll have a conscious intelligence by 27 to 30. I started to try and understand what human consciousness is about. And is consciousness the same as our soul? And what happens if an AI does create consciousness? What does that mean? And, and how would they react? And what would they do based on the fact that they learn from patterns, including our own hypocrisies and lies and greed and, 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 and war? Um, so I was, I was starting to grapple with what would this look like and, and, what would, what, and how does that fit into to prophecy in the world and how things lay out? And again, I, I started realizing some correlations, such as that we'd already talked about, that the image of the beast that was, has, is already in place uh, and growing stronger, that the mark of the beast is the foundation stones are already in place for that, and that could come within another year or two. Um, and so I started looking at how I wanted to understand a little bit more about what does the church look like at this time. So I'll be look. I have one of my characters who's really, who's, mission in, in in the story is to really understand how um how the differences between the seven churches of the last day and how to characterize them again using this idea of attributes and outcomes 
and trying to understand why some churches are losing their testimony in the world. Some churches um, are pursuing um, things that Jesus never would pursue, you know, and, and try to understand the difference between finding Christians who are the true called and finding those that need to either be of repentance or those who are at far down the road and apostate. What does it mean to be Nicolaitan? What does it mean to be a, the teachers of bomb and how does that correlate to churches today? Yeah. Um, and so we'll be looking at, um, and then the, the title, the image, deals with two different aspects. Within the story, I'm pulling in the Shroud of Turin, but I'm pulling it in as it goes back to the historical roots as the image of Edessa. So I don't know if many people know, but the Shroud of Turin originally or originated in a, um, an Armenian town called Edessa. Now, where King Akbar um, was um, in the first century had, had fallen ill. And by legend, uh, the Apostle Thomas brought an image from Jerusalem, uh, a piece of a cloth from Jerusalem with the image of Christ on it. And that the cloth had healing powers and that the king um, was healed and was saved. And, mm -hmm. and basically the town became a, and he venerated this cloth. Uh, they had images of the pictures of the image on printed on tiles and it was above the uh, door or the gatepost to the city. Um, pilgrims would travel hundreds of years. Pilgrims traveled from all over the world to Edessa to see and touch this image for healing and, and uh, inspiration. And in uh, 500, I think 80 something uh, AD, um, um, King Justinian I um, from um, the Byzantine Empire basically came down and took it to Constantinople where it stood in, in um, was shown by the king to the elites and the royalties and his guests, but never really used again for um, healing and spiritual purposes, as far as we know. And then in 1207, it was stolen by Templar crusaders, taken back to France, and then eventually ended up in, in Italy. And so we I deal with the transformative nature of the image of the shroud with the destructive nature of the image of the beast. Mm. And so I'm looking at society in terms of our politics, the 2024 election, um, outcomes that <clears throat> could possibly happen around Ukraine, particularly if the U.S. fails to support it and how that could affect Europe and Ukraine and, and the rest of the balance there the Gaza war and how that could turn into a regional conflict how, and how all of these things basically are stressing people out as AI starts to take jobs and create power that realizing that we've lost power over our democracy. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to paint a plausible scenario. I, and, and I try to say all the time, I could be wrong. I'm interpreting things that are in place today and I'm in say, and I'm trying to look at scriptures to inform me as to say, how, what are some of the scenarios I think that'll play out that might be consistent with scriptures. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's an interesting exercise for me, but um, part of the con issue of consciousness that we'll bring in is the issue of uh, heaven and earth uh, as part of this. Now in, my study of consciousness, I had to under, start understanding the nature of consciousness itself. And we talked about this a little bit earlier. That scientists at the Trinity College in Dublin have determined that 
our own human consciousness is built on the same quantum engineering principles that we're building quantum computers on. Mm -hmm. And that through the combination of this ability to consider all possibilities simultaneously that quantum computers can do that we do intuitively, um, the ability to have in, um, quantum entanglement, which is the ability for one um, a particle in one quantum computer to somehow be entangled to another particle uh, for, at a great distance uh, in another quantum computer, uh, is the same as what we feel when when we suddenly feel sad because maybe somebody passed away and we have all sorts of human experiences of how we're connected at distances. Mm -hmm. And so it has to do with the spiritual realm. It has to do, and if I look to the um, scientific explanation for it, we might be talking about similar things using different methods of measurement and taxonomies. And so there's a there's an experiment going on at CERN called the Atlas Project. And the purpose of the Atlas Project is to create a mini black hole, but not for the sake of a mini black hole in itself is because if they could track the graviton particle, the gravity particle going over the event horizon, it could prove a theory of the fifth dimension or more dimensions, fifth five or more, that would explain paranormal activities, spiritual activities, omnipresence of God, a lot of the attributes that we assign to heaven, we assign to, to the Lord himself could be explained as we start to realize that and we start to actually become develop proof that we have these two dimensions, these multiple dimensions existing side by side. Wow. And so as, as a effort to try and prove the probability of models of the prophecy, um, one of the AIs in this, in the story, um, help CERN to become successful in creating this black hole and then take, um, basically assign and get starts to take over that research. Uh, because it's opening up communications to the other side that leads to basically prophecies of the second coming. Amen. And is Sylvia involved in, in uh, this third book? Still is involved in all of this. This is <laughs> all of, all of this revolves around that program that escaped. Um, and, but Sylvia has created a counterpart to itself called the witness uh, which is a quantum computer. And that's so that that quantum com combination with Sylvia is helping Sylvia to not only be a super intelligence, but to gain consciousness. And so I had to ask the question, I said, well, what do I want this? You know, what happens with this AI when it becomes conscious? And is it the same for all AI? Is consciousness the same for one AI for all AI? Because they're not all the same. And so I had to kind of start understanding that concept itself and realize that there's elements in quantum physics. And when we start to look at some of the theories around how quantum physics and traditional um, theory of relativity physics fit together, they, they, actually, they actually connect on two different levels. And I won't go into the details because it's very esoteric, but one of them is light, the actual speed of light, and the other one is consciousness. Because in quantum physics, in order for the per a particle to exist, it has to be observed or measured. And the question becomes, when we're looking at these multiple dimensions, who's the ultimate observer? Yeah. God. Mm -hmm. And so we start to look into our, our sciences to validate the physical characteristics of the universe that seem to correlate with our theology. 
And to me, that becomes powerful. Uh, hey, your books are great. I mean, thank I, you. Like I said, I've thank read you. the other two and they're riveting. I couldn't put them down. And I can't wait for this one to come out. Hey, Amen. Uh, you're looking at late 2024, but do you have any idea of when this could be? I don't know yet. I'm still in the process uh, of, of drafting. I'm on the second, I'm on the um, version of a third draft version. And, um, but at each time it gets a little bit better and I get a little bit more, I get to tone in a little bit more about how do I say these things, these complicated issues that are coming about and how do I, I talk about um, um, the characters that are coming up, even including the Antichrist and the attributes of the Antichrist and does do any world leaders today fit those attributes uh, without naming names? Uh, I just basically lay the, the facts out there for people to make their own judgments. And, I, and I'm, I'm also trying to take the characters through and, and change themselves. The, you know, to change from being more focused on worldly activities and worldly goals, a more agnostic to becoming more faithful. How does this? How do these events basically crack through their own defenses and faith and, and journey, and and how does it change them in in ways where they're finding purpose? So, you know, it, it, there's life and death scenarios. There's um, uh, there's uh, politics scenarios. There's the banking scenarios. Um, and so I'm, I want to be careful that I'm I'm laying out factual information within a plausible scenario, but with characters you love to follow because they're flawed and they're changing, and they're changing for the better. And, and you know, to there was something that occurred. Now I'm trying to remember it. Is probably a month or so ago, and it seems if I'm remembering this news thing correctly, that. A drone went autonomous and fired on <laughs> on on someone. And the first thing that came to my mind was your book, The Swarm. Imagine how that could happen. <laughs> yeah, and, and the first thing I mean, when I heard that news report, I was like, "No way!" <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that news report? Do you remember it? I, like I I didn't see that. I didn't yeah. see that. Oh, but I'm not surprised right. because yeah. it's inherent in the technology and how fast we're pushing these technologies into use. And that becomes part of the danger. And I don't know if we had spoken before last year, but if, before this, but, you know, last year, 1,500 top AI scientists, best minds in the world, all signed an open letter to ask every AI lab on the planet to pause for six months so we could get a handle on how to control this amazing technology. Not one lab complied. Mm, wow. And... Wow. You know, these people, these scientists weren't saying that just because they wanted to pause their research. Um, they were saying this because there's some real significant issues that we're not dealing with faster than we're de developing it. And we're not spending near as much time in the training. We're not spending uh, and we're training essentially an alpha male IQ, not a fully human IQ. And what I mean by that is we're teaching AI to be high performance, accurate, timely, best, you know, uh, first to, 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 the, to the mark. But we're not training it on anything such as empathy, compassion, yeah. um, nurturing, human value, the value of human life, um, the value, the respect of human dignity. And so if we try to put an AI in charge of optimizing the power grid, is it going to turn off the poor neighborhood so it could feed the industrial sector? We don't know 
we're, we're getting to the point where we don't know how it's going to react. And so we're, we're building, we're, and we're within a few years of consciousness. Um, you heard, many people heard recently have how a OpenAI, the creator of ChatGPT, fired their CEO and then hired it back. And it was this yep. big blow up for several days and people were speculating why. One of the, the, the speculation in the sort of the, the techie web, the, the techie sphere, is that um, AI were working on a new version of the Q algorithms. Now, Q algorithms have been around for a number of years. They essentially build in the ability to create strategy through millions of simulations of an event using mathematical probabilities and other higher math models. That's different in how that functions from what ChatGPT is, which is primarily a language model. It's about text and language and in co context of saying, well, if you said this word, you're probably meaning this word and, and looking up libraries from and tokens from that perspective. The, the speculation is that OpenAI has created a set of Q algorithms that start to develop strategy um, based on language. So the kinds of things that we would be able to give to a manager or a supervisor or a general or a captain or a field um, uh, cap, you know, sergeant in order to basically say, here's these facts. Tell me the strategy of, of the, if the enemy's over there. What do I do with it? So it's the ability to start using mathematics, probabilities, and strategy within language models, which is a major step towards a artificial general intelligence and consciousness. Wow. Wow. Amen. Can't wait for your book to come out now. Late 2024. Will there be a pre-order opportunity? Have you set one up yet? I or? hope so. I'm gonna. I gotta try and work on some of that uh, promotional kind of key stuff. I tend to get so excited and busy, and and uh, my hardest problem is learning when to put it down and say enough is enough. Um. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, guy, this is so interesting. I could talk about this for hours because it's. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's just so good. And, and but we're all out of time. How can someone order copies of your previous books? Are they on Amazon? Uh, they're on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble Online, Drafted Digital, like Kobo and a bunch of other places as um, um, uh, e-books. They're now on Audible uh, on Amazon. So both Swarm and The Last Ark are on Audible. Oh, wow. okay. And if you go to GuyMorrisBooks.com, you can get links to all those places, as well as uh, highlights from reviews, fact versus fiction, trailers, and more. Amen. Amen. If someone wanted to get in touch with you to ask a question, maybe do an interview like this, how can they do that? How can someone get in touch? Uh, with they them? can do that through um, GuyMorseBooks.com or just email me at Guy at GuyMorseBooks.com. Amen. Amen. I'll put links to all this in the show notes below. Appreciate it. Folks, as I stated at the beginning, there is absolutely no way a person with any spiritual insight at all can deny that we're not living in the last of the last days. I mean, it, yeah. how close are we to the actual last days is anybody's guess, but it's close, very close. You need to drop down the show notes, click the links there to visit Guy Morris's website. The information on there is riveting to say the least. Amen. And be sure to click the links to get his great books, The Swarm, Last Ark, these books, I guarantee they will hold your attention and make you think at the same time. And sometimes that's hard to do nowadays. Amen. <laughs> Read and think at the same time, but they're, they're so good. Oh, well, think about what, brother Bob? Well, like we discussed in our prior interview and here, the most important question, this is in, in, on the back cover of one of guys' books. 
what if prophecy is not about how God will destroy humanity, but how humanity will destroy itself? The point of prophecy is not to predict the future or stew in this topic fear, but to evaluate the present to rethink our life's priorities. Prophecy is simply the alarm clock for humanity. Amen. That is good. I urge you to drop down the show notes, click the links right there. Guy, this has been so interesting, and I, I just Thank appreciate you so much, coming Rob. back on, joining us today. It, it, it was just riveting, as usual. I appreciate Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. For Guy Morris, myself, it's best of my reminding to be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.